GameStop Game Pass. You you got Game Informer in the in yeah. the mail for and free. Yeah, and my uncle and it working, just became a staple. Yeah, exactly. My uncle working at GameStop and stores like it. I was also just privy to Game Informer all the time. Game Informer has been a part of my life for like twenty years, and this guy's always been the editor in chief. And like, wow, yeah, it's just wild to me, and that's awesome. I remember, uh, I remember my first Game Informer. It was the announcement of Batman Arkham Asylum. The Joker himself was on the cover. I remember it as if it were yesterday. I have a stack somewhere of like 300 Game Informers that uh, I'm sure are sitting in the basement somewhere, but I kept them for posterity. And now they're uh, collectors items. I don't yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if anyone they're out there is paying not. top dollar for old Game Informers. When when the, when the the trio of us are <laughs> Fucking eighty, maybe. When yeah, when we are the ones buying it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll sell it to <laughs> one of you. We're gonna be the ones <laughs> paying top dollar for old game informers. Yeah, don't talk shit to me, son. Get my but fucking yes, AARP that. in the mail. Ooh, son, that's going right to game informers. <laughs> Ooh, son. <laughs> Ooh, son. <laughs> that retirement check done comes in the mail. Ooh, I'm hunting down the August 2008 Game Informer. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> We're hunting on the Electronic Bay. Yeah, that's wild. Um, he wrote a big wait, farewell article, we, and I have to read that shit. Uh, well, this is as good a segue into it as any. Uh, this <laughs> is advanced. We're not doing our usual 15 minutes of preamble, because we just did, like, 30 minutes of preamble as a bonus yeah, episode. Because, because uh, Kevin suggested us talk about a topic for 15 minutes like that was fucking possible. A very and we dense talked about topic. It 30 minutes instead. <laughs> three, three folks that love to talk. Three folks that just absolutely <laughs> love the sound of their own voices and have all these great thoughts that everyone needs to hear. Every every week, Kevin looks at this podcast, slaps it on the roof, and says, "This baby can fit so many fucking." <laughs> this baby People fits a hundred tangents. <laughs> this baby can fit so many fucking tangents. Well, that is, I mean, that is the point. Like. <laughs> there are so many pods I've listened to where people, like, apologize for the tangents, and I'm like, tangents are why I'm listening. Like, I don't yeah. really care about fast food chains that much. I really just like to hear you two guys <laughs> talk about whatever. Should we also take a moment to appreciate the fact that, like, as just, like, a rule of, like, an accepted, like, reality for this podcast is, like, the people watching... Have already seen these. They know what what they know what happens in the episode. They know what not, fucking happens in basic so, yeah. rocket science. Oh, like they they don't need us to like, recap it for them. And going like, oh no, spoilers! They're going, oh, got it. <laughs> people are gonna be yeah. random for an exactly. hour. And this isn't a fucking Westworld pod where we're trying to like figure out the fucking mystery of why these robots are cowboys or whatever the shit that show is about. Like. It's it's like oh we're talking about dick jokes for, for an hour um, and we and those dick jokes segue into yeah exactly they segue into every avenue of pop culture but this is of course advanced community studies the podcast where we look at community uh, covering two episodes this week I am one of your hosts TV's Kevin Lanigan and. No one is on the other side of this issue. <laughs> uh, my name is Jace. I use they, them pronouns. And I've had a rough day, so I'm making crepes. That's not a reference. That's actually what I'm doing. If you hear noises in the background, you know I'm going to get And I'm the third host, and uh, Troy gives me life force. 
Troy is giving it's true. me life force. It's true, though. My name's Caleb, but yes. Uh, Troy Barnes slash Donald Glover <laughs> slash Shadis Gambino gives me life I absorb so much energy from Donald Glover out of the television set on Community. Um, this is not a major topic, but like this is the greatest era of Donald Glover's hair. His hair is looking splendiferous in these two episodes. This, like, midpoint between his short look and his really tall This Is America look. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's I'm a, it's I'm a, a personal middle. fan of the This Is America look, but uh, it's be- look? probably because your boy's balding and uh, <laughs> used to have a big fro and can't anymore. So, you know. Ding. I yeah, like his... all of his looks. I think he's very sexy. Yeah. Oh yeah, I want to be a small spoon. Although I would, I would, I would settle for a big spoon. Absolutely. Any spoon in the Donald Glover drawer <laughs> is one I would happy <laughs> happily be a part of. Cameron you just can... outright saying, "I want to spoon Donald Glover's drawers." Oh, <laughs> I was, re- I was, okay. you know, the the silverware drawer is it was oh, the visual okay. metaphor okay. I was working off of. But like, isn't that? I mean, I just said what we were all thinking. Yeah, like, no, he 100% I just, did. I just voiced it. You don't it. know me. There is only, of all the uh, above-the-line study table members of the community cast, there truly is only one or two that I would be unwilling to spoon. Chase. I think, yeah, Chevy. Chevy's numero uno. I thought you saying Chase. <laughs> Chase. Uh, Chevrolet Chase. In a formal sense, because we don't respect them. Right. Um, and then uh, Jonathan Banks, I'm on the fence about. I would do it. I don't think he would want me to do it. Is that Starburns? No, no that's, that's Hickey. Stamatopoulos or something crazy like the that. The Greekest name in, in the history of Greek names. Uh, no, I don't think Buzz Hickey from television's Breaking Bad would particularly want me to spoon him. No, but he'd make you a good, you a good hearty breakfast. Yeah. He'd make you a good hearty breakfast with with black coffee in the morning. So black like, coffee and sausage links is what I'm fucking dying <laughs> after a night with Buzz Hickey. I feel like if you make coffee in the morning and you ask for sugar, he'd be like, "What are you, a, a child?" <laughs> oh, or, I didn't know or, I was making coffee for an. Or he's a sly little cat, and if you ask for sugar, he's like, "You already got some," and then kisses you again. Oh, that's nice. Oh, I like that reality better. All right, guys, <laughs> I'm a romantic fucking asshole. <laughs> Jonathan Banks is such a performer that every role he's in, they need to give him some relative that he cares deeply about so you don't think he's like a stone golem, that you don't think he's like a completely (laughs) unfeeling lawn ornament. He's like, no, no, no. He really cares about his niece or his granddaughter on Breaking Bad. On on Community, he he has his his gay son. It's true. (laughs) David Cross. He has a gay son in Community? I thought he just cared about his duck drawings. No, no, the second D&D a... episode we get is him trying to connect with his son. With his gay son. Oh, uh, TV's David son's Cross. Not, your son's not gay, though, is he? I thought he was... No, there's this line, I think it's in the Lava World episode, where he's like, my son's getting gay married. The flowers oh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this incredible... This Oh my god. What a line as delivered by Jonathan Banks. It's it's incredible. The flowers um, alone. Yes. Uh before we <laughs> yeah. before we slide into our episodes this week, uh, just one one no. brief 
um, Twitter uh, update, I asked, I, I ble- ble- reached out to the community community and asked them to provide me with a gif uh, from one of our episodes of the red-haired guy uh, saying, right you now, don't have you to yell, no one is on the other shut side of this. Did you say the word gif? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, he says gif. I just ignore it and act like the world's going to be okay. I say gif. Okay. The founder of gif says gif. The founder of GIF is fucking wrong, Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have we never heard of a giraffe? Uh, you know, are we? I love video are... games in their high def graphics. Yeah, that's not a G in front of an it... I. It's a soft G. There are soft G's. They exist. What does the G in GIF stand for? I don't know. Graphical. Okay, but uh, <laughs> we we say it F and not F in FBI. <laughs> Like, we, we changed the pronunciation somewhat. <laughs> it's because the F and FBI is in Stanford. Hey, Kevin, real quick, real quick. When someone gives you a present, is it called a gift? No, it's called a gift. But again, I direct oh, you to the humble the, giraffe the, who who is, swings his mighty neck around the savannah. But that's G-I-R, not G-I-F, my dude. That's you, okay. you got to respect other letters in the word. Y'all are coming in here like English is not... Chaotic, the neutral. worst fucking language. The, on the language itself is so baseless in its rules that you, we were taught from day one, I before E, except after C, except in about fifty percent of cases where I and E come before each other. Like it's chaos. That's chaos reigns. Most cases are not that. No, I will. I will. I also. I do. Want, I do want to point this out. I've just been informed by a a close a close personal friend of Kevin's as well, who is also my partner, that this is a, a common theme in a lot of your podcasts, that somehow the gif-gif argument comes up pretty frequently. Because I say it as if it's a word, and then I get fucking bamboozled. Like, I can't, like, I say it as, I'm walking about my day, just saying words how words are said, and then someone fucking drops a piano on my head when I say it. I don't understand. You're so defensive right now, I love it. Because I beat the act. <laughs> I don't appreciate. I I don't come after people for their pronunciation. So why do you come after me? I think that every I, gift I, will, I send I, is I, a I, present, I, so I call it a gift because it's like a gift. Okay, that's that's fine. And everyone who disagrees with, with that, that pronunciation is wrong. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I don't give a shit. It's just fun to watch you get so spun up. I was trying. I, I, I did start this. I did I did come in you really started. strong. I, 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 did, I, breaks, like, hold the I literally I hold phone. it. Shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> Here is my ultimate thesis on this whole thing. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? It's a word. GIF is more aesthetically pleasing to my ears. It just it, it hits it in a nice in a nice soft way. But also, if you say GIF, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Run but free. If, but but hear me out. If you say GIF just randomly in a conversation, I'm gonna think for some reason you're talking about peanut butter. Why would I be that? Just context clues, my dear man. Context clues. I would not like, be. But the, but the idea of an actual gift can literally be used in almost any context. It is almost a meme itself. So you could use it in like, yeah, I sent somebody a gif the other day and be like, why'd you send them a, a jar of peanut butter? That's your own personal business. That ain't that ain't nothing that I'm doing. <laughs> you bring in your own baggage. I don't know. 
<laughs> I send Peter Pan, all right? Like, if I, I mean, let's not, I'm not some hoity-toity nouveau riche. I buy, like, store brand peanut butter. I buy fucking Crasdale. Like, I'm not buying fucking Jif. I don't have Jif money. Kevin, what was the gift you were referring to before I so blatantly attack your pronunciation? Thank you. I was just, I was about to celebrate the community community for being so helpful, but I guess I fucking rescind that based upon my wow. co-host, Dark Deeds. You me, why don't you? Oh yeah. my goodness. I, I reached out and I said, I need a GIF just for my own personal use of the red-haired guy from this episode saying... Uh, stop yelling, no one is on the other side of this issue. Um, and I got three different uh, responses of three different, like, variable qualities. It was great. It was it was just, that was just a shout-out. No no news this week, uh, besides the D&D news. I just appreciated that. That's all I was trying to say <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> this baby can fit so many fucking tangents. <laughs> so many fucking tangents. You, the unlimited trunk episode. space for debates. So what's 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 going on with this first episode? Let's get on. Let's try and get on to some semblance of track. Let's act right. like we have a purpose. So the first episode we're covering, season two, episode three, "The Psychology of Letting Go," directed by Anthony Russo, written by Hillary Winston. As described earlier, this is the episode uh, where Pierce's mom dies and he refuses to accept it, while at the same time Jeff is accepting death more than ever. Uh, and also, uh, Britta and Annie have a mud wrestle. <laughs> For a bit. <laughs> this is why I came to America. I will uh, I will put this out there right now. Um, this episode is precisely my shit. This is my jam. Uh, <laughs> I love comedy <laughs> about death. I love comedy that makes us grapple with our own mortality. Uh, exceptional stuff, my dudes. Yes, it is quite quite good. Uh, I <laughs> there's been a couple of times that Pierce's odd <laughs> religion <laughs> comes up. <laughs> Um, and every cult. time it comes up, it, it's it's funny as fuck to me because like, it's it reeks of. And if you've watched this most recent season of Rick and Morty, it reeks of Dan Harmon's just disapproval of the religious, just religious, just religious structure. <laughs> yeah, the the religious, the religious uh, oligarchy uh, ideology. Uh, ideology. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so like. He made a character in this. He made two characters religious. One is overbearing, and the other one's obviously in a cult, but is too blind to realize it's that. Um, and so, yeah, every time it comes up, it's funny to me. And this episode is not my favorite, but of the ones we've gotten so far, uh, it's 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 one of my favorites. I think this this episode has moments that I enjoy. I do enjoy commentary on religious institutions. As a proud Satanist, they always make me very happy. But I think that as far as content goes, like, yeah, that's a good moment to it. But, you know, there's a lot of good episodes. I wouldn't I wouldn't put this on my top, you know? I love the dangly bacon behind you. Yeah, we got a... We got a yes! More dangly missing bacon. A, missing a tight viz uh, for our listeners at home. Uh, you really should just be one of the three of us someday. <laughs> it's excellent. I do... As I, I love well, I gotta bring this... you all closer so you can hear this bacon real quick. Hold on. Oh, oh. good. Get some fucking bacon ASMR. Is that good? Is that is that registering? Not, not even a little bit, my. Not even a little bit. 
Alright, well, well, if I'm feeling particularly uh, uh, good at editing, uh, when I'm editing this, I'll put in some bacon crackle sounds, and we will fool everyone. Yeah, I will do some foley work, and I'll just cook myself some bacon, and put that that audio right in there. I had a friend who once had fucking candied weed bacon, and now I'm so hungry for candied weed bacon. That and I'm I, I I you know everyone can uh, enjoy their own predilections. That sounds fucking disgusting. Is it good? So it just tasted like candied bacon. So it's like salty and sweet, like candied bacon that like melts okay. in your mouth. That but also the, sounds gross. Earthy. I mean, yeah, there is but the but the but the candy the candiedness it, it's got a lot of sugar. So you don't taste the like oh this has weed in it. It's just like. <laughs> Oh, candied bacon, and then the aftertaste is like, oh, I'm gonna feel even better later. <laughs> By Jove, this has weed in it. <laughs> By Jove, the lettuce is in this. Why, my child has gone out for trick and treating and returned home with weed cookies. <laughs> Do you remember all that shit? Every year around Halloween, there's always some scare story. It was like, parents, watch out. You're, you kids might if you be see a needle CBD hole in gummies. Your... And I'm like, no one is giving their expensive fucking no CBD gummies to your children. fucking useless yes, kids. I remember that. <laughs> let, let your parents check your Reese's that you get trick-or-treating for, for needle punctures because it's people might be putting... for parents to be able to steal their kids' candy. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it... I, I mean, it's 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 news media fear-mongering is what it actually is. But if we're playing a little bit ingenuous, it's like, no one's gonna waste their fucking precious marijuana baking your kids some nasty cookies to bring home. It's just, it's not gonna happen. Everyone rest easy. Sorry, we're kind of What is our podcast about again? <laughs> it's about the television show community. Yes. Um, so this, uh, I really, really like the Jeff plotline in this episode, his journey with accepting his own mortality that even though he works out like a maniac and doesn't eat carbs, that he is still a mortal man who will one day die. I am... Isn't it because his cholesterol gets a little high? Yeah, he's in his 40s. Like, your cholesterol's just oh. gonna get high one day. It with doesn't really cameo, matter what you do. With the cameo of male nurse Jackie, who I think I may have just realized that Patton Oswalt's character's name was male is, nurse Jackie. Nurse um, Jackie. I love Patton Oswalt. He's the best. He's the best, comes in. He's only in two scenes in all of Community, but he's very memorable. He comes in and he kills it both times. Um, Speaking of I'm going to do another tangent. Have y'all seen the pictures? My partner showed me this the other day. The pictures of this one couple in St. Louis who, in response to protesters going by their mansion, posted up with guns. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? (laughs) I drove drove by that shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it Patton Oswalt tweeted out those pictures that were going there <laughs> I believe the caption was the raisins are staying in the potato salad <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was a movie poster that said Ken and Karen <laughs> and it looked like a Michael Bay movie <laughs> Ken and Karen I think the term Karen has now officially uh, moved beyond because a Karen doesn't point a gun like a Karen uh, interrupts your picnic in the park to ask if you have a permit a karen does not pull out a handgun that is a different class of person no you're right you're right this is a little bit beyond the pale <laughs> for yeah Karens. this is a new one i mean i guess it's not new it's new that we have a bunch of pictures of it um, yeah i guess this is i guess this answers the question i didn't know 
that I had, which was what would Karen do if she had a handgun she'd never held before in her fucking life? If a um, Karen is pushed too far, a Karen that's been pushed <laughs> over the edge, what are they liable to do? A Karen on the edge. In a world where peaceful protesters will march by your massive house paying it no mind and doing nothing to it, how Two personal you stand by and lawyers. not point guns at them? <laughs> Two personal injury lawyers. Scumbags. <laughs> Were you injured in a protest incident that we caused? Call Ken and Garrett. <laughs> it's so good. It's going to be uh, fucking yesterday's bad. news by Can't next right now. Thursday. It's not working um, my favorite. That's all right. Uh, so I, I <laughs> well, I'm trying again to bring it back to this episode. Right. We'll uh, as much as I, uh, I love that. I love Duncan and Chang's, uh, restraining order battle. Uh, and the sound of, I love that scene oh, where Duncan and Jeff are having that talk at the lunch table. Duncan gets up, forces Chang from the lunchroom and then sits back down and they resume their conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's even some Foley in the background that makes it sound like, like a force field has been deployed. <laughs> It's very good. That's, uh, that actually might be one of my favorite bits. Oh my gosh, this freaking poster. Yeah, <laughs> featuring Ken Chadbro, Karen Chadbro, <laughs> a Marxist mob, and special guest Freedom Musket. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I am slightly less into the Britta and Annie plotline in this episode. There are it's some good... Sexist. Let's yeah, there's some good here. chuckles. It falls into that trope in all of media where it's like, oh, if there are two women together, they must be bickering about each other. Like, they, you know, the women can't just be regular friends that don't fight um, frequently. Um, they they get into the, you know, the ultimate it's conclusion of the plot line the is that... Test. Y'all are familiar with the Bechdel test, right? Yes. Yeah, the, yes, 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 yes. Alison Bechdel, famous uh, lesbian comic artist. Yes. To describe, uh, two two female characters must be able to talk to each other and not to talk about men. Yes. Among other things, but yes, what is that? Among oh. other things, yeah, that's that's one of them. I hear that. I hear that bacon now. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's peach slices going into the bacon fat. Oh. oh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. This is a very interesting episode of the podcast yeah. Advanced Community Studies. Yeah, well, you know. Okay, <laughs> no, all good. Um, you're you're the, frying peach slices and bacon. We get it. We <laughs> get it. That's a particular kind it's, of day. It's ten o'clock at night, and I'm making brunch. <laughs> can I uh, can I point out one of my favorite like short? We're gonna run right past it. Exchanges between Troy and Shirley. When Obviously. Troy walks in and says, I just saw a dead body, and Shirley's response is, I told you not to use the East Stairwell. My pastor said it's meth season. Meth season. <laughs> and no one addresses that comment at all. <laughs> it just gets brushed over. No one says anything. My pastor said it's meth season. What? <laughs> season. This is the like the third straight episode where Shirley is feeling left out and not a part of the hijinks. This one dials it up as she <laughs> joins every scene eating a different snack food from a generic bag. Uh, it's good. This is also the fabled Abed pregnancy episode where all of that plays out in the background. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exceptional stuff. <laughs> Can anyone explain the appeal of mud wrestling to me? No. I don't, I don't get it. And I like it's women. It, if I had to assume as uh, probably <laughs> this is 
gonna sound like the a straightest really incrim- of the three. Of us. Yep, I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's gonna sound like a really incriminating fucking description as the most cisgendered person here, uh, as the resident straight, uh, as the resident super straight guy. Um, <laughs> but mostly, not all, not a hundred. Anyway, I go on. <laughs> go on. I'm curious. I think that it's like a combination of like do. <laughs> I don't know because I don't think like this, so don't think I think like this. But I think it's like dudes want chicks who can be tough, and also two chicks wrestling is like something to people. Like, oh, oh, it could. It's like a pillow fight. It could be, oh boy, and they're muddy, so they're dirty. So it's like, it's like, it's like if it's like if you wanted to make a metaphor for something, and we're six, and so the only metaphor you could come up with were the things dirty and. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Sure. I honestly yeah. don't know. It, there's not much. Through my queer lens of it, and this is how I've always thought of mud wrestling or jello wrestling or any of these other things, um, which do, by the way, have a perfectly reasonable existence in the world of uh, like sex work when the women mm. are like, take, it's a reclamation of this. But to me, women's bodies, because mud wrestling is, all, like, even when we say mud wrestling, the first image that comes to mind is not male bodies, you know, cis male bodies. For sure. It's female bodies, right? Is my my lens on it is it's about the idea of first of all, I think you're right, Caleb, aggression as something like being able to be that kind of removal of we're not the only animals. Women can do this. Women can be on my level. But at the same time, showing women in positions of strength and wrestling is intimidating and the element of mud or something dirty is in a, is, is is acts as a way of embarrassment as a way of saying look how stupid they look when they wrestle look how weak oh, they are sure. it, it's sure. a belittling of women so i it's it's complicated that's why when they start wrestling all the boys quote you know start sitting around and recording them you know, and throwing money at them, just like right. <laughs> raining right. money down it's, upon it's, them. It's extremely objectifying. They stand there and they stare um, because it's it's about it's like this is this is ridiculous. Like, look how ridiculous these people are. It's very clearly referred to as like Duncan views this as American women. Like, this is this is not like an like an outside event. This is like how you how women are viewed in this land. I do. I have really weird reflections on this because I find this to be an intensely sexist episode. At the same time, commenting on the different ways of expressing femininity as expressed by Britta and um, Annie. You can do it. Annie, thank you. Like, <laughs> I never can. I'm so bad with names, y'all. I'm so. That's sorry. why I jumped in to help. I didn't. I'm not Kevin. I wasn't gonna hang you out to dry. I believe in you. I want you to achieve. Okay, I can't coddle you all the way to success. <laughs> you gotta earn it. I'm for a second kidding. there, for a second there, Kev, Kev became JFK. And it you was all, got it was to very achieve. You've got to I achieve. Or, uh, think that episode where Britter and Annie uh, mud wrestling was pretty hot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty hot. That's my take on that. Sure. Uh, sure, sure, sure. It's a it's an interesting breakdown. This is not the last time that this season will directly address like gender stereotypes, clumsily or no. Um, and I just, I just thought it was worth diving into because I've always been confused as someone who once thought of themselves as straight. I've, I, even then I was confused about the exact appeal of this jello wrestling. I understand a little bit more because like, it does not obstruct your, your view. Uh, forgive (laughs) me. But But isn't there something, isn't there something like hot about 
the knowing something's there but not being able to see it um I, yes, I, I suppose so. That's, All right, why, I'm, that's why silhouettes are sexy. Yeah, oh, I love I love a 2D black outline of a woman. If okay, they, ah. fuck, okay, fuck yourself. I love a daguerreotype. <laughs> Kevin, I think Caleb's more specifically referring to what um, what certain gay men right, right, might refer to as, you know, a good pair of sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, no, I was kidding. Yeah. It was a joke. Yeah, it was, I was, I was... I was, I John, was doing John a bit. Hams, I understand. And John <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I, I, I get. It. I was, I was so having a laugh. John so- Ham. I'm from St. Louis. I have to talk about John's Ham. Yeah, it's, it's the nation's pride. It's the city. It's on the St. Louis flag. <laughs> it is our national pastime. It's the flagpole. Yeah, it's a uh, Jesus. It's the pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm dead uh yeah, shit yeah. it threw out the first pitch at a cardinals game john's ham <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't throw out the first pitch it's, it's surely the only thing people looked at yeah um, precisely <laughs> doesn't pat Oswalt yell or say to the doctor or to the sorry to the patient when walking away those paps aren't gonna smear themselves yeah <laughs> Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> this episode's he, got a lot of those little little goodies. He describes uh, a human body as a temple, but a temple made of hamburger. <laughs> it's uh, a temple, it's of, a temple doom. of doom, and eventually <laughs> it's just going to descend into hazy, hard-to-follow nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> All good things, be they people or movie franchises, eventually collapse into sagging, <laughs> sloppy, rotten piles of hard-to-follow nonsense. <laughs> uh, which is an exceptional bit. And that, like, that is a line... Community will hide lines that good under like a fade out. Like they're they have Patton Oswald's dialogue turned down at that point so we can focus on Jeff and they're just hiding that just like beautiful yeah. little yeah, gem. It's very good. Like some sort of Indiana Jones treasure. I like I like Duncan's walking into the class and saying, All life ends in death, which we as a species are cursed with knowing, which leads to resulting in and just writes something. something. <laughs> Uh, incredible bit. Um, oh, is this personal drama disguised as a class? Because if so, please continue. <laughs> Can't you be cool like me? He ends so many speeches like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's exceptional. So I think like, I think we've I think we've tapped out on this episode. I don't know yeah. if we touched it properly, but here we are. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on to season two, episode four, basic rocket science or sometimes called Fundamentals of Flight. Like on iTunes, it's called Fundamentals of Flight. Uh, yeah, directed, by, directed by Anthony Russo, written by Andy Bobro. Uh, after resurfacing an 80s Kentucky Fried Chicken-themed <laughs> space Winnebago, the, the study group get locked inside, uh, with the exception of Abed, and are uh, hurtled on some sort of crash course and must solve... <laughs> the the Kentucky Fried Chicken space puzzle um, in order to to get back blah 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 um, this is the introduction of Greendale's butt flag which was a, this was an actual online contest <laughs> that NBC held the butt flag was designed by a community viewer and it did win the online contest incredible um, this is the first appearance of Dean Spreck uh, Dean of City College. Uh, yep. First appearance of Richie, one of the school board guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite small characters on the show. They reached out to KFC 
for this episode, not the other way around. They're like, we came up with this fun bit. Do you want to give us money to to do this fun KFC themed space well, episode? Like it works, but like, what was the? I just want to know what happened in that writers' room. They were like, all right, hear me out. KFC rocket ship, right? <laughs> huh? Space? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> this feels like, to me like the first. <laughs> episode that is responding to the success of modern warfare this is their first big genre parody episode since then and so maybe i don't know most of these genre episodes happen because dan Harmon watches apollo 13 and says like i don't know why don't we do that like why don't we that sounds like something i could do <laughs> yeah i love when i love when chang walks up to abed and goes i figured it out i figured out how they can reroute power to the auxiliary <laughs> power. and he's like for what and he just looks at him and walks away <laughs> walks away have y'all have y'all seen apollo 13 yeah, 100%. No. An exceptional film. That's the best moment in it where, like, they're like, we need to get this to fit into this using nothing but this. And they dump out the fucking tub of all the shit that's on the spacecraft. And they're like, figure it out. So good. Good bit. Um, and, and Abed is playing the Gary Sinise part from yep. uh, Apollo 13. Yeah. Um, good bit. This... Donald Glover fucking destroys in this episode. I mean, he always <laughs> Dude, does. When he looks at the, we're in the few light years outside of the Buttermilk Nebula, unless, yep, that's a sticker. Like, yeah, it's a sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's a sticker. Maybe if I do this, it will solve everything. Jerks <laughs> <laughs> the controls around. There's one that my, my long-suffering girlfriend and I quote all the time of, uh, yeah. Let's kill her. <laughs> he gets out the cord. <laughs> Let's kill Let's her. Let's kill her. I love that in this moment, 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 we get to see Troy in the captain seat, and normally Troy's in the back seat because it's Jeff in the captain seat, and I like that we got to see. I guess it makes sense because it's he's the one that he's the only one that could be able to communicate effectively with Abed, like you know. Sure, but he's also in charge because he sat in the chair with the biggest knobs. Oh which is, my! Which is God. what Jeff says. Right. Damn it! Had to ruin it for me. <laughs> That's totally but why they did it, though. He That's makes totally he takes advantage did. of it. He takes yeah. advantage of it. Um, <laughs> this is you know we're on that pathway that leads to Troy becoming a man and sailing off on a boat with Lavar Burton. Like this is an important episode step along that trajectory where where Troy can step up and be a man. <laughs> Keep snickering, pack yourselves with peanuts and be really satisfied, but guess what? <laughs> this is our flag now. <laughs> this uh, one! This is our flag forever! <laughs> There's also a really great throwaway, just like cutaway to Leonard sitting in that cardboard box and he's like, this is really great. I can't believe I'm not really, not really in space. Oh, <laughs> it's like the yeah. only time you see him that episode. So uh, good. Oh, Donald, uh, another one for Troy. There was a time and a place for subtlety and that time was before Scary Movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's a fucking good. incredible bit. So also like, a perfect jo joke to like it just perfectly dates like so this show does really great moments of dating when it happens like we come in episode one of season two but they go toy story three right <laughs> all completely know when this was done sure but like the that reference to scary movie like 
even the, like that was a bit of an older franchise at that point in time when that when this episode was made and that's clear from the way that he talks about it but like it's one of those things where like right now we don't have parody movies anymore those like don't exist we don't make those anymore they continue to come out but they are becoming less and less visible you Wait, know eventually they'll just Eventually, they'll just be a YouTube videos. There are two guys, yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron Friedberg and Jason Seltzer, and they are two of the six writers on Scary Movie, and they are independently responsible for Date Movie, Epic mm-hmm. Movie, Meet mm-hmm. the Spartans, mm-hmm. uh, Disaster Movie, etc. Those two guys are still putting out those movies. The Starving Games. They did a big Star Wars one. Big, of course, in the biggest quotation marks you can fucking find. They did um, a Star Wars one. Um, But they are becoming less and less released. Like, (laughs) these two guys keep producing them. But if you tasked me to find their Fast and Furious parody movie... I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could find it if I wanted to, but it does exist. Kev, is that because you're forgetting that Fast and Furious has become a parody of itself? (laughs) (laughs) The skating is going in blood field. (laughs) Yeah, let me, while I'm downloading that bacon sound effect, let me find a fucking rim shot so I can put (laughs) the butt um tiss in there for that. (laughs) I love this episode, y'all. I watched this episode over and over. Like when, they, especially when they when they they get back and like it <laughs> ends. It, Troy runs out and hugs some random woman. Some lady <laughs> hugs her so tightly. So there's good. A, there's like a there's like a Top Gun moment where you can be my wingman anytime moment between Troy and Jeff where they walk up to each other and hug and then like Abed's like slow fist pump like it's just but it's so melodramatic I love Abed it so suddenly having a cigar fucking slays me every time yeah, just, like, it just appeared in his mouth yeah this episode I have a personal relationship to this episode when I was a high school Kevin I had a 16 gig iPod and I had almost no music on it, but I had six episodes from season two of Community on it, and this was one of them. And when I That's had like lunch so breaks, when I had lunch breaks from McDonald's, I would take my meal out to my car and just watch one of the same six episodes of Community, like over and over and Incredible, over. Incredible, dude! Incredible. It was. It was this. It was D and D. It was. Zombie Halloween. Um, have, you, have you heard about have you heard about the D and D episode? Yeah, big news on the D and D episode pulled from iTunes. Actually, I'm gonna open up is iTunes it, for the first time in a calendar year and see if I can still access that episode that I. Purchased. I bet you it's not pulled from iTunes because people paid for it. I would say you are probably it. right, but also iTunes will pull music and then say like, oh, "Sorry about it. Here's a three dollar gift card." I guess. Um, sure. but let me oh boy no I don't want to download a new version of iTunes it's always worse than the previous version I thought they said they were going to do away with iTunes and just go to Apple Music and separate they their they I think maybe, maybe no, it was I just th- the iTunes store they got rid of I think you are technically right I think I am like illegally using iTunes I think <laughs> iTunes I think if I hit update on this iTunes it will just like pull iTunes out of my computer what's the term for dead software because that's a thing outmoded it's still on here 
I could still download Advanced Dungeons & Dragons on the iTunes platform. So for anyone that's missing this episode and doesn't have DVDs, uh, you know, if you want to drop three ninety nine on it, that's that's <laughs> up to you. That's your own personal choice. It is a good episode. It is a good episode. A very good episode. Sorry to flesh it out, but the other two were conspiracy theories and uh, mixology certification when they go to a bar. Oh. Just for anyone that was curious about which episodes I had on my iPod. Hello. Uh, thank you. It was that, uh, one Mumford & Sons CD, <laughs> one Florence of the Machine CD, and I think Oof. that was I think that was all 16 gigs. I think You're that the was... biggest fucking hipster on the face of the planet, and I love it. <laughs> I like fucking <laughs> community episodes. People know that you're bisexual. <laughs> Mumford & Florence? I think that's it's about it. You might think I was straight from the Mumford and Sons, but I think the Florence really pushes it over into oh, bisexual. Come on. You name one straight person that likes Mumford and Sons. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was straight culture, but I guess I'm wrong. And then wiggled this finger. I have to make some joke about it. I honestly don't. I'm also like I said, I like wrong. I'm not a hundred. Can't a hundred. No one's a hundred percent. Can I? Can I challenge your your hipsterness? Me? I was once I was once dressed as I was once just hipster Jesus. I realized this while it was happening. I was on my porch late at night wearing a steez cap uh, <laughs> uh, wearing, a, wearing a steez cap, my apple t- my apple t-shirt, joggers, <laughs> flip-flops, drinking kombucha, listening to Jose Gonzalez oh. and smoking American spirit cigarettes oh, all fuck, at once. Dude. And I felt holier. <laughs> I think I don't dog, I think you might be dead. I think I think you were too hipster to live. So when I when I uh entered college freshman year and started collecting vinyl and the first one I got was a fucking she a and baby. him album. Do we think <laughs> Do we think do we think I'm a hipster? <laughs> the beginning of this episode when they're walking in slow-mo, but they're not. They're fake walking in slow-mo. It's funny almost every oh, time. So and then Chip Pierce is like, we're walking in slow-mo? Ha ha. He's every, old. He's so time. old. He's so old. He's so old. I only have one gripe with this episode, and I have seen it 400 times. My my only gripe is that this plot line that suggests that Annie is leaving Greendale is fucking felonious. It's oh, like it's hollow as shit. <laughs> it's non stakes. Like you threaten that at the end of season one, you bring her back, and I'm supposed to believe Allison Brie gonna leave four episodes into season two. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, homie. I'm not so. buying it. Sorry, homie, I know how contracts work. I know she ain't going nowhere. Tell your wares somewhere else, buddy. Uh, but that is it. Otherwise, a uh, hilarious, uh, creative, uh, wonderful episode of Community that I yeah, uh, have very... yet to get tired of. I Exceptional. wish that we got, maybe if we ever get more Community, we'll get another Star Wars-esque episode. But I know we're going to get a little bit of one with the second paintball series of episodes because it's very Star Wars. But I wish, I wish, I wish we could get more community them trapped in a thing. And it, instead of the Apollo 13 route, go like the, the Star Wars route because I want to see Troy and Abed in that space where they thrive again. Because there's, there's moments in this that feel very Star Wars. I mean, whenever space comes in, there's that that – I mean, Star Wars – if anything, is just like a great example of space sci-fi. There's also tack 
East Space sci-fi, which they do their whole glip-glop thing. Star Wars is an example of considerably and genuinely agreed-upon good science fiction that takes place in space, because there's different types. So I feel like any sort of sci-fi is just going to be something where I would enjoy to see Troy Novak. I genuinely don't think that they're going to make more seasons. I think that, if anything, we are going to get the movie through Netflix at some right. point. Right. And can, I, definitely- can I be the guy that starts another fucking wild tangent? Hit it. Star Wars ain't sci-fi. <laughs> it's, it's fantasy. Yeah, it's uh, sci-fantasy. Or fi- fanfic. Fi- what, what would you call fantasy fiction? <laughs> I guess it's just fantasy. It's science fantasy. Although, um, I don't it's just It's I just space fantasy. It's just space fantasy. It's like a space opera. Because it's not about, like... Because it's not based in science. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all like wizards. It's space magic. Like it's a, space it's magic. all wizards. Yeah, it's Lord of the Rings in space. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a it's a nitpicky thing. We can uh, debate about it until the cows come home. And honestly, you know who cares? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fine. What yeah. I was to say though is I do think that in the movie, if they ever make the movie, they would make at least a reference to Star Wars, especially oh, because of what? How could they not? Exactly. Like it's fucking we, unavoidable. Especially with how shit that series ended up. He's done its thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially how bad Rise of Skywalker is. Donald Glover was in it! (laughs) It's true. He was... uh, Dude, let me me tell you. How quickly we forgot. Let me tell you. Fucking Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is a tall glass of... Tall mug of hot coffee I need every day. That is a jump. That is a jam. Tall mug of hot coffee, of course, an acknowledgement of the legendary Grand Theft Auto mod. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that's actually what I was where I was going. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Great, good, good. Uh, all right, I think I think uh, we've covered it. Oh, what an episode, folks! What a what a time to be alive. Uh, let's move on to the old ranking sheet. One of my favorite parts of every episode. So first, we rank the end tags. Currently on top is the Spanish rap. Uh, will it ever be dethroned? I don't um, know, but I, I, I doubt it. it very highly. <laughs> there are so many end tags that I fucking love. I don't know if Spanish rap will ever be dethroned. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't honestly know. I guess it's we'll find out. It's most iconic. Hugely iconic. The only one that argues its iconography is Troy and Abed in the morning, which True. is mm-hmm. all over this dang show. So, the first end tag, Betty White Explains Inception, which you talk about dating an episode based on when yeah, it came sure. out. There you go. Fucking yeah. 2010 was a wild time. That is a really good one. It's a good one. Is it in our top 10? Is it better than Kick Puncher? I say no. No. It's not better than Kick Puncher just because of it's how it certainly ends. not better than Christmas Troy. No. Or, it's not better than Slut. Or sure. uh, what about. Um, you were gone, gone before, before breakfast. breakfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how does it how does it relate to Gone Before Breakfast? I think it's after Gone Before Breakfast because Gone All Before right. Breakfast might be the first end tag that actually gives us like closer more story than the rest uh-huh. of the episode. Gone before breakfast. That was after the Spanish test where the interim Spanish teacher uh, reveals that she curved all the tests because she slept with Pierce the night before. <laughs> oh. Which implies wow. that, like, Pierce Hawthorne is a good lay, which really, like, makes me question yeah, my it. whole worldview. so much. <laughs> it really just, like, makes me consider things that I dared not until now. I mean, I don't know how I feel about Gone Before Breakfast, but, like, y'all put it there, so I'm gonna respect that. But for me, I think Betty White explaining <laughs> Inception. <laughs> it's funnier to think about than I think it is to actually see. It's yes. Like that. But for me, sure. 
I think I think it goes just below. Do you hate this and doppelgangers? Like for me, do you hate this? Do you hate this? Is just so good. And doppelgangers, I think it's I think it's right around doppelgangers for me. I would accept that. I feel I like also the elevator right might be out of place. <laughs> yeah, now that we're now that we're really looking at it, but I'm afraid. Oh, I'm trying to edit this word doc, but it's set in stone. I can't I can't move anything around. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so let's let's make it the new number twenty. Betty White explains Inception. Sure. <laughs> uh, and then we move on to spaceships. Oh, that's up there. Hey, where is Troy believing in cartoons? Where do we say that? On? Is way up here. That's Cartoon Tunnel. Cartoon that's number three, three, big okay. boy. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, it's so heartbreaking. I just remember. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> so it's everything I love. It's everything. <laughs> <laughs> Might have caused real damage there. Um, <laughs> I would put oh shit. I would put spaceships right around Burton Ernie because it feels like that vibe to me. I would say so. Yeah, yeah. Flagpole voicemail. Maybe maybe just below Burton Ernie, just above flagpole voicemail. I can agree to those terms. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Or maybe maybe below flagpole voicemail. I don't know. What do y'all think? The only place I could see it is being lower. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would say I would say below flagpole voicemail. No, it's below vending machine because I like vending machine. Which one's vending machine? When Troy accidentally They're hits the stuck wrong in buttons, a vending machine. <laughs> and the vending machine pokes him in the butt. Oh yeah, it's below that one. <laughs> I might I might have hit a thirteen. <laughs> so funny. Hmm. I'm eating the food that was being cooked. In case you hear something in my mouth. That's what we. That's the. That's the closure of the story arc. You know, we. Yeah, we're, we're done our, our hero. <laughs> y'all get a you got, y'all get a full B plot this episode. So yeah, we did. All right. The Jace <laughs> cooking B plot that will not at all be difficult to edit around. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been um, completely different if we were sitting here, like, what is that noise? <laughs> Jace was just like, oh, bacon is going on. <laughs> that would have been random as fucking like. What? And like cranking up that's amore while they're cooking you know and just really having a go of it above awesome elevator below gone before breakfast uh above gone before breakfast above gone before breakfast okay. that's my they do it space ships exclamation ships. <laughs> love it I'm on now we six. get to the episode rankings which means i'm on your six be great controversial this will cool. this where everyone's gonna have a peaceful time as we rank these two episodes. First, psychology of letting go. This one, for mm. me, based on personal taste, would definitely sneak into the top fifteen. Though I get the idea that Jace perhaps feels differently. Um, I, I, I would, I would concede to around top fifteen. It's definitely not top ten for me. I was thinking um, maybe top 10, and then I saw that Beginner Pottery was number 10, and I'm like, no, no this isn't better than Beginner really Pottery. Not. Which one's Romantic Expressionism? That is the one that they are they are watching Kick Puncher, and yes. Jeff and Britta yes. are trying to get Troy and Annie together because of Vaughn. Brick a brick. And then, um, let's see, and then The Science of Illusion? Uh, April Fool's. Which one's that? Uh, Annie and Shirley become rent-a-cops. Uh, Britta drops oh, the cadaver out the window. It's a cookie wand! That episode. It's not a baby! I would sneak Psychology of Letting Go to our current number 13, below English as a Second Language, above Romantic Expressionism. That's me. I honestly like Romantic Expressionism and The Science of Illusion both better than this episode i do understand that i'm not gonna be i am not as big a fan of this episode as 
Kevin, at least you are, Caleb. I'm not totally sure how you feel about it. Uh, so you might have to be a little bit of a tiebreak core. Hmm, I would I would go for the higher ranking because I do like <laughs> this episode has a lot of stuff in it that like I can watch over. Well, hold on, because uh, we got to think about we got the we got the fucking rocket science episode to rank next, and I do think rocket science is better than this one for sure. But we you know we we place hmm. this episode first. Yes, 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 yes. Where were you suggesting, Kev? I am saying beneath English as a second language. I don't think it's as funny as figuring out that Chang is a fraud, but I'm going to give it the advantage over romantic expressionism. That is my personal taste. And then Jace was saying maybe a couple slots lower, bumping the pilot out of the top 15. Although that even seems weird. I would be okay with this one as the new 16 honestly i don't know i'm not a huge fan of this episode parts of it i do really like yes i'm kind of i'm wishy-washy on this i'll let you two kind of pick a spot as long as it's like in this general vicinity i'm like okay with it yeah don't don't let it moving the pilot out of the top 15 hurt your feelings because if we put it higher it also moves the pilot out of the top 15 the pilot is not going to be in the top 15 at the end of this episode anyway Because right. basic I, rocket I, science I, is coming I up. Concede, personally, I think that this is the new 15, I think. I think it's good, but I don't think it's like... I mean, I also... Well, since, okay, I got it. I got it. Tiebreaker. Since Kev thinks it could be the new 13, and Jace thinks it could be the new 15, it's going to be the new 14. <laughs> we average those out. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm bad at uh, math, but if they're small numbers, I'm okay. <laughs> they're very close together numbers. You really yes. there's very minimal space. If I can see them both without having to move my <laughs> eyes, we're fine. We're gamers, not mathematicians. Truth. The game does the math for me. <laughs> Literally, some games actually count for you when you hit things. Exactly. All right, and now we move on to episode four, Basic Rocket Science. I this think is this top is ten. yeah, this is easy top ten territory. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. Um, but now we're getting in here. We're getting it. We're starting to get real tricky now. You know, this is getting mm-hmm. it's tricky to rock a rhyme. Um. <laughs> I don't. Good I don't Lord, think that was so white. I love it. <laughs> it's it's tricky to rock a rhyme. So I'm putting it up against our top, our number five here, accounting for lawyers, which we covered in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I, these two are very close in quality for me, very close, because I really like this family size bucket of bolts. That is if basic you pay attention, though, these top five, a lot of these are those, like, one-off genre-style episodes. Because yeah. I think that's what Community does best. I mean, like, modern warfare, contemporary American poultry, and then, of course, you got, like, physical ed, comparative religion. I, I would put this in top five, and I would actually... Accounting for Lawyers is... Oh, Accounting for Lawyers is really good. But I think... Good. I think Drew Carey, though, man. That, and the, the chloroform. And chloroform. Chloroform. Oh, chloroform too. Fuck shit. Right? I know. Right? Jace oh, is finally he, finally here for the this this awful discussion. Because <laughs> we only had this one other time and they missed it. But no, now Jace, now. You, you can feel our pain as we try and parse out the specific moments of an episode that put it above right. one or another. Yeah. Uh, oh, so we've got I Drew Carey and Chloroform. Those, in but, favor dude, those bits outweigh the all-encompassing episode yeah. of the space stuff. 
God, it's close. Um, okay, so uh, let's... The ending, so I would equate the ending with the space episode with chloroform. Annie. Yeah. Okay. Those two yeah. things are pretty, but is there something in the space episode that... Yeah, Abed. The uh, Abed, Abed and then Sinise. also the flag? The, the flag. zoom in on the flag at the end... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna good. say this is my new five. I'm gonna say this bumps down accounting for lawyers. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that. As much as I love, you know, there's no shame in being number it's six. It's a great episode. It's, it's still a great head. episode. Exactly. Yeah, and um, also if we if we put all of these episodes for the entire show on one sheet, it's no longer like the top five is going to be for the most prestigious of prestigious. And yeah. I would imagine that like two of them at least that are in there now won't stick. So yeah. yeah we can do it. I mean, there are, coming up in season two, most of this top five might be completely fucking different. Like, Modern Warfare is going to stay, but Physical Education might not even maintain the top five through half of season two. Yeah. All right. So, I, 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 new number five, Basic Rocket Science. Yes. Bing, bong, sing along. And before we close out here. (laughs) Your team's um, out there because your views are wrong. (laughs) um so before before um we get into like plugs and all that business i have a question for you all Uh um and this is just based on scheduling so i feel like annie loses her pen has to be its own one-off episode of our show right like that that episode should be discussed on its own do we agree yeah i Um, I agree in order to do that um that one of two episodes needs to also get its own episode just for scheduling purposes would we rather talk about abed is jesus on its own or would we rather talk about secret garden trampoline on its own i think honestly abed is jesus um or curveball for uh oh no a fistful of paintballs and for a few paintballs more have to go together um i would say they must I would say Abed because that to me is we can actually like if if we I doubt we will but if we wanted to like dive into like some actual like <laughs> like analysis we could like that's a there's joke. so much to talk about in Abed is Jesus does it have to be immediately bordering our solo episode for calligraphy because I could also see an entire episode being dedicated to advanced dungeons and dragons later oh yeah that will definitely well, also happen but the issue with scheduling now is there's three episodes between us and the pen. So in order for the pen to have its own episode, unless we wanted to cover three next week, which I think is a mistake, we will never, <laughs> we will yeah, never cover that kind of territory. That agree? Yeah. With, with messianic myths okay, and ancient Okay, great. So peoples. next week we will be covering messianic myths and ancient peoples all on its own. Um, cool. I love that episode, and there's a fucking lot going on in it. All right. Um, so we have reached that point where it's time uh, to plug yours or other people's shit. I will let whichever one of you wants to go first have at it. Sure. I got some bummer shit to promote. <laughs> and by promote, I mean just make people aware of. Uh, again, as y'all know, I'm the fucking nerd of the group. We're all nerds, but uh, I'm the one. Different <laughs> stratas of nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm cumulonimbus nerd. Um, no, I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the game industry has been fucking racked and in other industries uh, as a not as a result, but like uh, spontaneously, simultaneously um, have been racked with tons of uh, <clears throat> allegations of sexual assault, harassment 
and misconduct. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to shout anything that I'm doing out more than I want to make people aware of what's happening and hope to help people understand and demand action from the employers of the these people who perpetrated these things and um you know demand not demand but implore people to support those who are coming out and sharing their uh awful experiences yeah that's just that just seems really important to me i have a lot of friends that are involved in the game industry i myself am involved in the game industry i have a lot of uh friends of both minority groups and and um just i just yeah just people who are often made made the prey of these awful people so yeah um read up on this stuff pay attention to it uh and help i mean you know the whole world's kind of going through a phase where we're trying to make a lot of things that are bad better uh and this is definitely something that deserves to be important and on the top of that list yeah i think uh that's really really important uh i think with you know, especially when it comes to like sexual assault, marginalized people are disproportionately affected by that. Yep. Um, uh, I also do want to say uh, that it is important to also understand that men are also affected by sexual assault, and their cases are often not taken as seriously. So we should also just just as a footnote uh, on that, it doesn't take away from the disproportionate amount that it affects marginalized people, but also take men's stories seriously. The number of men I know who actually had to deal with uh, sexual assault cases in institutional settings uh, and then not being taken seriously because uh, the people handling the case would, you know, giggle at the fact that they would say a man and a man instead of a man and a woman or something along right. those lines, right. not to mention how it affects non-binary people and people that are still in the closet. It's a whole, it's a whole big thing. I personally have been affected by it. And so I really appreciate you speaking out on that. Yes, absolutely speak out on that. Speaking of marginalized individuals, I'm going to give a shout out to Glitz Incorporated. That's gays and lesbians living in a transgender society. So follow them on Instagram at Glitz underscore Inc. That's G-L-I-T-S underscore I-N-C. They're a grassroots organization dedicated to supporting the LGBTQIA plus community on a global scale. They are fantastic. They were present at the, um, at the action at the Brooklyn Museum a little while back which had 15,000 people marching in the streets wearing all white. It was a glorious moment. Junior Mint, who I mentioned in an earlier episode, she was up there. She was one of the speakers at this event. She's a dear friend of mine. Uh, and Glitz is one of the big organizations that were, they were trying to raise money for and kind of get some more energy going their way. So give, give, them, give them a follow. Give them some love. Donate if you can. And, uh, yeah, check out Glitz Inc. They're, they're doing great work for, for trans folks. Um, and I'm going to continue sharing on our social media, like as many, uh, links and good resources and places to donate, uh, as we, uh, possibly, possibly can. Um, and after those two, anything, uh, that I would say, uh, would just be poo-poo. Uh, so we will be back <laughs> next week with a solo Abed is Jesus episode. Uh, but until then, we say pop pop pop. Do <laughs> <laughs>
do. I think I skipped a part. I'm just gonna stop there. I think I mentioned that. <laughs> wow. Fucking time. What it is the opposite me. of breaking a record? What is the <laughs> polar opposite of breaking a record? Incredible. Skip the Incredible. whole verse of the community anthem and then just was like, "Fuck it." I love. You it. always have. <laughs> This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.